Modular Seattle and Patchworks presents Velocity 2022. That's August 27th, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. That's right, from the a.m. to the a.m. at the substation in Seattle. Let's check out some of these headlining artists. Richard Devine, Daedalus, Lisa Belladonna, Walker Farrell's gonna be there, Traversi and ALX 106. Uh, we got Todd Barton's gonna be there. Oh my God, seriously? Patricia Wolf, she's been on the show before. Giselle Gabrielle Garcia, she's one of my favorites. Leandro, she's one of my favorites. Head over to VelocitySeattle.com. You can get your tickets right now. Once again, that is August 27th, 2022 at the substation in Seattle. And you don't have to be from Washington State to go to this. You can travel in. Many people did that at the first Velocity. Um, there's going to be more than shows, though. It's also going to be a trade show, seminars, workshops, Oh, and part of them seminars there, part of them their seminars is going to be a live pod mod with who? Richard Devine, Daedalus, and Lisa Belladonna. So maybe if you're a Patreon subscriber to the podcast, you can jump on there and, uh, you know, uh, submit some questions that maybe I can ask these uh, here headliners in that live capacity. Um, once again, Modular Seattle and Patrick's presents Velocity, August 27th. 2022, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. at the substation in Seattle, Washington. Get your tickets right now at VelocitySeattle.com. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. I'm Tim. And this week, we are going to be talking with Tomer Baruch from Animals and Synthesizers. And if you're not familiar with Animals and Synthesizers, you need to go on YouTube or Instagram. Instagram's kind of the main place for it. But Tomer has been, for the last five years, taking these amazing videos of animals and scoring them with, uh, with synths. And some of them are heartwarming, some of them are exciting, but many of them are just flat out hilarious and adorable um but tomer is also releasing a uh, new album so we're going to talk all about how he got started with this and the new album but first let's get to some business i'm going to try and experiment on uh for this episode uh, i've never done this before and hopefully i'll be doing it in the future if you guys are into this but rather than give the the guest the bat the patch challenge while i'm doing the interview i decided to send tomer um the patch challenge beforehand so he could get it recorded and um sent over to me so i could listen to it and then while we were talking you know at the end of the episode we can do like a deep dive into the actual patch i can ask questions and he can explain um you know in greater detail what he, you know what what he's doing um so we do that, and I'm gonna save that really in-depth stuff for Patreon subscribers only. Is that a cool, uh, so nothing's changing. You're still getting the uh, the patch. I'm not gonna put the, the actual patch behind the paywall, but if you wanna get some uh, insight on the artist's process, that's gonna be a future Patreon um, benefit or whatever you call them uh so let me know if you're interested in that if that's cool and uh if you're already on the patreon be on the lookout for that that should be up pretty soon if it's not right now um and just thank you to everybody who has signed up recently it seems my recent efforts of trying to be a little bit more engaging there have uh have 
have helped. So I'm gonna to continue to do that. So um, not only is there going to be the uh, the like little bonus portion, but I'm gonna keep on working on these sample packs for you. And uh, again, I'm open to suggestions. I'm gonna be doing like module prototype giveaways at some point this year. It won't be anytime soon, but yeah, I'm gonna just randomly maybe put a message on the Patreon board and be like, hey, I've got this first person to send me their address gets it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm really trying to beef it up. So if you can help me at all, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash modular modcast. That's what keeps this show going. Um, what also keeps this show going is the sponsors. So I want to say thank you really quick to Patchwork Seattle. Head over to P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com for all your synthesizer needs. I recently picked up a Microfreak there and a QPOS. And uh, yeah, I got, uh, what else did I get there? Oh, I got the Minsk from Chaos Devices. Um, yeah, just, they have, it's the best place ever. And uh, we are sold out at mysterycircles.bandcamp.com of the Podular Modcast and Friends Vinyl. But there are some copies at Patchworks, I think. Last time I was there, there are some in there. So if you missed your chance to get it from the source, there are some over there at Patchworks. Once again, that's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. And finally, thank you to After Later Audio for your continued support of the show. A lot of exciting stuff is going to be happening in late 2022 and early 2023 over at AfterLaterAudio.com. So uh, why don't you head over there and check out the amazing synthesizer modules. Uh, there's a pretty decent chance that I calibrated one um, or have made a demo video about one. Uh, speaking of which, I just did like a, like a, a giant four it's like a 40 minute video um just walking through the difference between the ornament and crime original firmware and hemispheres so if you've always wondered like what's what's going on with that what's the difference go check out that video on the after later audio youtube page and speaking of demos it's been a while since we've demoed anything on the show so why don't we take a look at this new module from qubit and unless you've been living under a rock you know what I'm talking about. This is the Aurora. Um, I'm still getting to know it, but here's just a very simple patch. I'm running the Qubit surface into the QPOS and then into Aurora, and I'm just manually messing with the, uh, the different parameters. I'm not using any CV. So why don't we kick our feet back and listen to this crazy patch? We'll get into some kind of more um, conventional sounding reverbs and then into full on crazy like spectral processing. So uh, yeah, let's dive in. So yeah, listen to this, pretty crazy. Um, you know how I like to just do a quick quick and dirty first demo of a module, so uh, I'm gonna learn how to use it a little better, of course, but this was just kind of like my first run through of just playing with it. Um, I think 
What I'm seeing in my future, me and Aurora's future together, is uh, using a send and return with it and doing a fully drenched mix because, which I rarely do with effects, but this one just, um, you can just mangle sounds in such a, a cool way that's um, honestly something I've been kind of looking for uh, for a while and I haven't got very close to it with other modules, but this one, this one's kinda, this one's, this one's getting, getting me a little, a little stoked to see what happens in the future. Anyways, go check out Qubit. I'm sure you've heard all about the Aurora. There's a great video online. Um, the manual also uh, has a bunch of patch examples in it and then a couple empty pages with the picture of Aurora so you can do your own patch notes and everything. So yes, thank you, Qubit. We're going to be having Qubit on the show very soon. But until then, go check them out. Link in the show description. Let's talk to Tomer from Animals and Synthesizers. With, with Tomer from uh, Animals and Synthesizers. And you have a new album coming out. You have all sorts of stuff going on. Um, but I want to get to know you first. Where are you right now? I'm in Tel Aviv. Okay. I, I'm in the, the south of Tel Aviv. It's like the more uh, like cheaper and therefore more uh, artsy neighborhood. I mean, where are people who are doing arts and old people live. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, that's where I am. Right now I'm at home because it's already late here. And also at my studio, there is a... The internet is not that reliable, so I came home. So right now I'm in my living room. <laughs> nice. Um, are you from there? Did you grow up there? I grew up in the north of Israel in the okay. countryside. Yeah, actually, I, I, I heard you talk in your podcast about how it's like to live in, uh, growing up in a like in a more rural uh, area. Mm -hmm. So I kind of... Uh, uh, sympathized because I, I also grew up in a, like a very small village and we were also pretty far from uh, current culture or trends or anything and I was like you know like uh, my uh, knowledge about culture was you know a, a bit about like 20 or 30 years out of date you know I, I was <laughs> growing up and listening to stuff from the 70s or 80s or something <laughs> Um, what was, what was that stuff you were listening to? And is there anything that you heard at a certain age that kind of changed the way you saw music and made you and kind of invited you in to be a musician? Um, I, I mean, I think that for many years and maybe until now, the most influential musician for me was Miles Davis. Okay. And, uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, of course the music, but also the the essence of uh, doing something new every few years, doing something that sounds completely different, still has like the identity of Miles Davis that you can recognize it mm -hmm. immediately, but, but it's completely new and it's completely cutting edge. And he was always taking like the most uh, talented and then young musicians and doing something with them. And I was like, wow, this is the sort of musician that I want to be like the one that is always looking forward and trying to bring something which is original. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he got into synth stuff kind of in the eighties, didn't yes, he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He, got, he got into everything. He was like, uh, yeah, he did, he did all of the like electric stuff also already in like 69. Mm -hmm. And 
than he had seen. He had all the, the like the best guys playing for him, all synth guys, you know, he had like a Herbie Hancock and Kid mm-hmm. Jar- he, he, he convinced Kijar to play the organ. Wow. And he had, he had Joe Zawinul play for him and he had the Herbie Hancock. Yeah. That's... Then, he, then he had the Marcus Miller and all of these guys. Wow. Yeah. I, I bought my wife, um, one of his kind of later like eighties electronic albums. And she was, I don't think, I think she was thinking of, you know, like classic Miles Davis. And then that came on. She's like, wait, the what? This is Miles Davis. That was pretty funny. Or something like that. Yeah. I forgot what it was. Um, so were, were you, um, were you in a jazz household then? What's that? Uh, no, I just want to say that there, there is like this, a small place in, in Tel Aviv, which is, you know, like a little bit, a little bigger than a kitchen is, it's like, you know, a small kitchen and a few uh-huh. chairs, uh-huh. Like a small food place. And this guy has all of Miles Davis, all of the records that Miles Davis ever made. And this is the only thing that you hear them. It's like, a you eat like, uh, <laughs> eggs and, and sausages or whatever, you know, and like very simple food that he makes. It's just one person there. And uh-huh. you always have Miles Davis on. Oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Like two, three hours a day. And that, that's it. He just plays Miles Davis. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> um, so was it was it like was jazz in the house as a kid? Were your parents listening to that? Or how did you find your way to Miles Davis? Uh, my Parents were, were listening a little bit to jazz, not really. They were more into like folk and rock, uh, you know, like they were, we had all the uh, many Beatles records mm-hmm. and uh, Simon and Garfinkel, this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And, uh, but, but they were listening a little bit to jazz, but I, I think uh, I was kind of, kind of drawn into it when I was a kid. I, I was drawn into improvisation. I liked improvising. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I started studying it at some point, and probably I got it from my teacher. Were you playing trumpet, or what were you? What was your no, instrument? I was, I was playing piano. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is how I got into synths. Yeah, that's what that's what I was wondering. Okay, so so you're playing piano, you get into jazz, start studying improv and jazz. What what invited you into synth? Was was it the the Miles Davis synth music, or was it? Was it something different? Um, first of all, hmm. I think my my first uh, uh, my first attempt with electronic music were on a computer. Oh, okay. I, ha- I I had like a PC computer, and mm-hmm. I started making music with with like this with trackers. You you remember? Mm-hmm. You know this uh, genre of. It's like a, it's like samplers, and uh, you write the music in text mode. So oh, you wow. write the notes. It's like a C is Do and D is, is D. Yeah, I, uh-huh, I mean yeah. actually in English it's it's the same. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but you write uh, like uh, the letter C and the letter D and whatever, and you, you write. It's like a chart. It looks like a little bit like an Excel sheet. And mm-hmm. You write the the notes, and then when you press play, it scrolls down. Weird. And okay. Yeah, this is how they used to make all of the game music in the 80s and 90s, I think. Okay. And it was kind of, a, it was like free software. And okay. And it, it didn't require, like it would run on the like cheap, like cheapest computers. So you didn't okay. need any sort of musical equipment to work with it. And it was sampler based, but you, and you had like a 8-bit or 16-bit samples. 
low quality and uh, I don't know it was um, I, I really liked it I was really into that so this is uh, the first time I got into electronic music so it's like a sequencer okay Se- sequencer I, of, uh, yeah I know that stuff existed when I was a teenager and in high school and and when I was you know I was really into being a musician but I was just I was just into like metal and playing guitar and screaming and bashing drums I really wish that I could go back and tell myself <laughs> to learn about some of this stuff earlier but um, so it sounds like it was more of the, the technology side of electronic music that pulled you and then the actual music, or were you listening to electronic music before then? And then said, how do they do this? I need to find out how to do this. No, I think, I, yeah, it was more the technology. I think, I think it, it just, I just got so excited that you can make like a whole song by yourself mm-hmm. on a computer. It was really cool. I mean, I started this when I was like. 15 or something like that like a friend okay. from school told me hey here's this software this is how you work with it and then i i i started working on it as well and and had you been playing piano that to... whole time up until then yeah i was playing piano so you understood yeah. music and you understood you know music theory and and you had some you had a net you know, you just kind of you understood how to, how being a musician worked to some degree so you could kind of transfer those skills into this software um yeah or or was it different i I mean it was different because i think it was a bit hard for me to read the notes that i was writing (laughs) so so uh so i would do mostly by ear Mm -hmm. you know i don't i don't think that i well i mean i i started when i was 15 so i really didn't know that much but then I, I kept going when i was 17 18 then but by then i was i i knew already like uh harmony okay because mm-hmm. i started studying jazz so i knew how to make uh, like how to build chords how to uh, invert chords so mm-hmm. uh, i knew enough about harmony to know that i didn't really know anything about like beats or drums so i was kind of i was making kind of weird beats because i didn't know how it should sound mm-hmm. um but yeah that probably was, worked in your favor sometimes like making Something that sounded a little more, uh, you know, more original than like just like a, a four on the floor or something. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Now I make more conventional drums, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I remember that I, that I had a drummer, a, a friend who was a drummer, and he listened to that and he was like, no, 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 you're doing it all wrong. And then, <laughs> and then he said like, then after after like a while, he was like, no, actually, this is right. This is so right. <laughs> But, that must yeah, have felt I, good to be like, hi, I told you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But then then I was like, yeah, I, I, I cannot make these beats anymore because now I, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> OK, um, so you so you you're into electronic music then pretty like you're a musician, but you become a pretty like well-rounded and I guess, you know, not just in the classical sense, but also in the electronic sense before you're 20. So that's you're kind of like forming your whole personality and everything while you're you're forming these 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 skills of making music so it's like it's really baked into you it seems like like and then that makes sense now in context looking at the videos the animals synthesizers videos they're just they're hilarious sometimes they're adorable sometimes sometimes they're uh really you know like moving, you know, like sometimes it's like, oh, this one makes me feel like I'm going to, going to cry maybe. Um, but yeah. Um, 
you're just really you're really good at scoring these these things so now in in context that makes sense that you've been kind of that you understand how music works building chords and and i feel like especially if you're coming from a jazz background with knowing how to build chords um and like you said the inversions and everything that's just such a, a rich palette to be able to work from to like like do you do you say okay i want this 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 video, I want this emotion. I know these chords or this mode is going to work for that. Like, do you do you think about things like that before you start, or or how does this process work when you're scoring these these little short videos of these animals sometimes doing hilarious things? Um, I mean, I don't know why, but I, 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 I'm really like. Try, I, I don't know, I had like this phase when I was like playing piano and then you, you do a lot of harmony and reharmonization and you, you know, play the chords and whatever. And then when I, when I, I, I studied like a bachelor in jazz piano, so mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of that. But then when I finished, I was like, I felt that too much harmony is not so cool. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of trying to really simplify uh, what I'm doing harmonically. So uh, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, yeah, I, I, like, I guess that I'm, I'm, I'm doing harmony that makes sense, but, but I'm not really working on that that much. I don't know if mm -hmm. it makes sense, you know, like, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to make like sophisticated harmony or, or uh, I kind of uh, my harmony, I feel that it's kind of derivative. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, it's, I wonder then too, also, if some, it's just yeah. something that comes naturally that you don't think about, it's just, it's kind of like, I mean, you know, like, and I think also if you get to a point where you're studying things, I feel like my, my approach to modular synthesis is, is kind of similar to what you were just saying. Like I, you know, or just electronic music, I'd like to make these big, huge things, sometimes, you know, 50 tracks and different different hi-hats on the left and right and just all these different crazy sounds and I think I started getting much better once I got to a point where I could mix those and make it make sense but it still like in hindsight was a little too much and then kind of refining that and shaving that off I got to keep what I learned during that um you know that that process and and keep what I liked about it and and take off the unnecessary stuff that was too busy that was maybe distracting so I think mm -hmm. I don't know that I feel like that's that's always part that's that's often part of the journey that I hear when I talk to people on this show is this kind of like learning get you know excelling 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 and then oh I want to simplify this I want to take a bunch of this stuff away and um I don't know it's almost like you have to you have to get to a point where you're you learn that much about harmony to be able to strip it away in a very effective way I don't know yeah Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe, you know, you know, I, I was just in a, uh, yesterday I was in a, I, I somehow find my, found myself in a lecture about a modernist composer mm -hmm. from like from the 20th century. And the, the guy who did the lecture, he was, he's also a, a composer. And he talked about uh, uh, the decaphonic music. This is how you say it? Like what is twelve it? tone, twelve tone music. Uh huh. Yeah, like all kinds of like tonal systems and set music, set theory. You know, they have all kinds of 
like uh, all kinds of uh, different methods for making using notes using pitches mm -hmm. in the 20th century and he was talking so much about pitches and at some point I was like who care about pitches you know? like <laughs> they are doing they have so much theory you know that I mean he's he, uh, like the guy that he was talking about he was he was writing for orchestra and you have a, so much sound in art in an orchestra but mm -hmm. he was really focused about pitches because this is what like classical music is is really about pitches because this is what you have right you have the notes and and the most uh I don't know obvious feature of a written score is is the pitch mm -hmm. uh, and yeah and, and I was like how how do they care so much about pitches you know now, now like for example now you gave me this challenge and I don't even know, even know what pitches I was playing because I was using, you see, it was like a, you said mathematics. So I, I used the formula to make the, the pitches and they are not really, uh, I, I, I don't know what they are. Every time I was running the patch, it was different pitches, but uh, you know, and I was <laughs> cool. like, people are, 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 uh, are uh, so focused on pitches. And I was like, no, there are, now there are other stuff that are more important than pitches first, like sound you know like spectrum timbre and mm -hmm. then rhythm of course rhythm is is so Im important and you know and and pitch okay yeah i i mean it's it, uh, yeah if you make certain pitches it definitely affect the music very much it sounds very different if you use different pitches but uh, yeah it's not uh, you know mostly when i write music now i guess i i'm just using you know like one scale or mm -hmm. something like that yeah yeah <laughs> it's funny that whole that that reminds me i'll like i'm thinking of the difference between you know like personality types within even euro rack or modular there are mm -hmm. some people who focus so much on the gear and everything that they is they end up talking about the thing that they want to make music with more than they make music with it, mm. you know? <laughs> so it's like, yeah. I think some people really like theoretical and, and, um, you know, more yeah. of an academic or, or I don't know. I think, you know, yeah. different people get different things. And I think something that I've noticed about, you know, with, again, going through the show and talking to, to so many different people, the, it's always the people who make really, really good music and have releases semi-regularly. Semi um, they always seem to be the people that are like, I just want to make music and I'll use whatever tools, analog or digital. It's just whatever I need to get the sound that I want to do. And it's, and it's less important on being, I don't know. There's, there's less of a, of a, of weight put on any sort of like, um, school of thought or being loyal to analog versus digital or anything like that. So yeah. it sounds like you, and I guess I'm putting you in that, that category as well. It sounds like yeah, you're more I, interested in what serves the piece. Yeah, exactly. And what serves the piece and what I have right now, you know, like yeah. sometimes I find myself in all kinds, of, all kinds of places and then I have like just some equipment. So yeah, I, I would never say like, wait, 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 wait. I cannot go on un until I buy something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you know, I think that this is something actually I, I like about musicians. Uh, 
because I also like to talk about gear. I can talk about gear for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, in a way, it's much easier to talk about gear and about technique than to talk about like music or, you know, like like philosophy or, or, or of art. Why are you making it? And, you know, because I was studying in a music school and then I, I took some classes in, in an art school that was like kind of the, the neighboring school or something. And I realized that <clears throat> musicians really like to keep it technical i mean what wh mm. you know like like no one ever talks about i mean all the teachers were always trying to talk about the technical side and not to go so much into aesthetics or into concepts or anything like that and when you go to art school it's completely the opposite they are like mm -hmm. no technique is not important all <laughs> uh, we just wanted let's talk about what it means let's talk about let's talk mm -hmm. about about uh, what is the philosophical 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 uh, tree that this is coming from you know mm -hmm. is this foucault or is this deleuze you know, yeah <laughs> and 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 music music people are like no 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 what what pitches are you using <laughs> you know is this is this a c sharp or is it or is it a d flat and, and uh, so i kind of like it in a way mm -hmm. i kind of like it because yeah musicians are are kind of technical people it's it's really uh, about the the uh, it's uh, it's uh, i think it's a lot more of a craft than arts especially nowadays you know like when you have, were a sculpture and you were trying to make a some something that looked really like a person then you had to you to be like a very skilled craftsman but now uh, an artist today they are also skilled craftsmen but for them now it's more i think about the concept than about mm -hmm. the craft you know like if you're not such good with craft you can you can hire someone to do the craft for you but you need to have the vision you need to have mm -hmm. the aesthetic mm -hmm. and with music with musicians it's really uh, a lot about uh, technicality. If you are playing an instrument, you need to know how to play the instrument. Uh, mm -hmm. You need, I mean, yeah, some people are doing punk and they don't know how to play and, and they are really good and it's, it's great. Uh, but mm -hmm. it, or just slapping stuff together on GarageBand yeah, or something uh, like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Some people are like that, that is all, that's also fine. But most of the musicians that I met, they just love talking about the, the techniques and um, uh, yeah, I, I also like talking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I so I feel like um, it sounds like you've got one foot in the art world and one foot in the, the the like the musician craft world, and I feel like I'm I'm a little bit like that too. Maybe maybe a little bit more leaning into the art world only because I'm not technically trained on any instrument and I'm not technically very good at any, any instrument. But um, ah, but but you're very technical on modular scenes, right? Uh, I mean. I don't know. It's so hard to say. I, I, I'm certainly, I, I know many, many people personally who are much, much better at me at, at, at modular synthesis than me, mm. <laughs> but you know, it's yeah, hard to well, say with too. modular too, because with guitar or piano, you can, you know, to a certain degree, you can actually uh, quantify technique and 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 talent or whatever because you go okay well do you know the scale can you play this song that that's then in, in the same tempo and this and that um with modular it's kind of like yeah you have to know some basic techniques as far as understanding sit you know synthesis chain and stuff but like i you know it i think it's harder to quantify i think you know like you because at the end it becomes more of something that you listen to and and, and the technicality of what you're listening to is is kind of hard to suss out as the listener if you don't know 
you know, some patches that sound very, very simple might be very, very technical if you were to look at the patch notes and vice versa. Something that sounds really technical could actually be, you know, just the right modules, the really powerful modules. You know, if you know how to use rings and clouds and, and uh, you know, morphogene, if you have those three, those three modules and you really know how to use them, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's 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 hard to quantify, but uh, yeah, I would say that I am um, middle. I'm middle good <laughs> okay. at modular. <laughs> okay. No, I mean, I I I don't think it's. I mean, I think that that when you uh, for, for I I think that you are underestimating the the skill that is required to to work with a modular synthesizer because, first of all there are so many options that just doesn't produce any sound, right? Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. to know what you're doing. Otherwise, very quickly, like if someone that doesn't know what they're doing are, are playing with a synthesizer, any sort of synthesizer, in about 10 minutes maximum, it will stop making any sound. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> This is what happened when I go into like a, a synth store and, and I want to play a synth. It's always, always doesn't, doesn't, it's always quiet, you know, because the last person who was there, they played until it, it stopped making any sound. And then they, they see, to... yeah, they see attack and they're like, if I should turn this up, it should be more aggressive, right? Well, why? Yeah, I'm turn... or, yeah or something. And then you have to, to, to do reverse engineering and, and make it uh, play again, right? So that's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, it's definitely technical to play a modular synth and I think like yeah. a, a good uh, technicality I would say like a way to measure how good you are with with synthesis is how far you can imagine what the sound that you are making now when you're patching you know like mm -hmm. if you're patching and you're saying yeah I know how this is going to sound before I turn on the volume then this is a good technicality and of course if you are, you know, like a beginner, then you can do it with simple patches. And the more you are advanced, you can do it with like a more advanced patches. And then, of course, yeah. you have to leave yourself some room for, you know, stuff that you don't know how they sound, right? Because this mm -hmm. is experimentation. But but uh, I think this is, I, I would say this is like a good way of, of uh, uh, assessing how uh, technical is a person. Is yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. And you know, it's funny to, I've said this a few times on the show, but, um, I played with desktop synthesizers long before I played with, um, modular. And I, I mean, I, I, I understood a little, you know, what the basics of, you know, the synthesis chain and everything. But now after doing the modular for as long as I have, going back to a desktop synth if even if i've never seen this particular model of desktop synth i can usually figure it out pretty quickly and mm -hmm. um start you know um you know diving into its if it's different you know menus or or knowing what what affects what and everything and um maybe i think i take that a little bit for granted but um but yeah i think once you're over that block of like understanding what like an out versus an in and you know like and understanding that oscillators just constantly go and you have to tell it to stop rather than go i think you know once you kind of get over those basics i i often tell people that i think modular might be one of the hardest but also the easiest instrument because it's literally a, a box of nearly infinite uh possibilities but it's also i feel like if i were to give somebody who never played guitar a guitar 
and then kind of just showed them ba basic chords um, and then said, I'll see you in a week. And then did the same thing with a modular synth. At the end of that week, the person with the modular synth would probably have something that sounded way better and closer to real music than the person with a guitar. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> but it's, it, I mean, it's an interesting thing to talk about because I think it's also very, you know, relatively new as far as, you know, instruments and, and technique and stuff. So, um, it's, it's weird too, that, that like the, the idea of patching synths and at the, at the advent of digital technology in the eighties, how all this analog stuff just kind of stopped for the most part and then got picked back up in the late nineties, you know, mid aughts. And now it's kind of like continuing the journey that stopped you know, in like the late seventies or whatever, it's, it makes yeah, me wonder like, what, what, what would electronic music be like had the DX seven not been invented or something? <laughs> you know? uh -huh. Yeah. But I mean, DX seven is also a cool synth. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're veering wildly I mean, off track yeah, here. I but... mean, I have to say that uh, I, I need to, I, maybe I need to put a disclaimer here that I, I don't really use a Eurorack or, or modular, like analog since, I mean, the only analog since that I have are like a, a, like, I don't know what you call it. It's like since, since, you know, like the ones like I have a Juno and all, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, yeah. stuff like that. I, I don't have uh, like the, I don't have so many patching options. Uh, mm -hmm. analog i so when i do like a weird sound design and stuff like that i use a uh, digital synthesizers I, mostly like a super collider and mm, yeah uh, yeah and and max so oh I, you I, use I, max okay cool yeah that seems so so confusing like i look at max as like mount everest like i don't even want to try to climb it mm. it just seems so crazy and yeah but i don't know it's, it's the same logic as model i think I, I i'm not that good with modular synths but i think it's the same it looks kind of the same right it's your you patch stuff and you yeah yeah i think so um and I, you know i messed with uh what is kind of like isn't there like a, a, a something that's very similar to it that the um that the o, that the op1 the crittering atari organelle pure data isn't pure data yes. kind of close to that yeah it's the same it's the same okay yeah I think I'm just intimidated by making music on computers. I, I never, I've never been that technically savvy. I mean, I use a DAW and I have used soft synths and everything, but I think it's also part of just my personality and learning style that like hands-on tactical interfacing with a tangible object, I can learn how it works. It's not even, mm -hmm. I think some people, I think that you can get kind of, I don't know, uh, snooty or be, you know, you can be kind of uptight about stuff like this, but I think for me, it really comes from just, it's really hard for me to learn how to use a piece of equipment. If I can't, if I can't like turn the knob, turning the knob with a mouse is just like, for some reason, what there's one step away from in my brain that just shuts my brain off. And I, mm. I wish it wasn't that way, but I don't know what that is. It's, it's very strange. Mm. Um, but all that is to say is even though this is a modular show uh, or it's called Podular Modcast, you know, so I started it about Eurorack. I am, I am so much more interested in talking to people who are doing things that I think are really cool artistically in, within the synthesizer world and the technology that they use to get there is 
I'm, you know, like, just like you mentioned earlier, I like talking about gear as well, but that's not the most interesting part to me. So like when I see your, your, your Instagram profile, once I found that I was just like, and, and, you know, got to know your style of making the videos and the music. I was just like, oh, this is really good. Like I, it's, it's quality work. And I don't, you know, if you were to say I, it's Thank all you. modular, I would say cool. And if you said it's all made on garage, man, I, I don't think I would change the way I feel about it. Please pardon the interruption, but I have to tell you about Nathan Moody over at Obsidian Sound. Now, chances are some of your favorite modular albums have been mastered by Nathan Moody over at Obsidian Sound. Nathan has mastered thousands of songs and hundreds of albums for albums for independent artists, labels, professional composers, and game studios. He's worked with such modular artists as Akil Adam, B-Boy Tech, Heinbach, uh, Evo Ivanov, Gerald Fjord, Todd Barton, Travarsi, R. Benny, and yours truly. In fact, the track that you hear playing below me right now is Lisa Belladonna's contribution, contribution, God, I can't talk today, contribution to the Podular Modcast and Friends album, which has sold out, by the way, thank you for all that. Um, but yeah, Nathan Moody mastered this. He also mastered my album, Music to Come Down To, and oh my God, having a good mastering job is absolutely important. Um, so for listeners of PodMod, you can get 10% off of your first mastering project if you go to obsidiansound.net and say you heard about them here on PodMod. Um, also, I've got another release that uh, I haven't really talked too much about. Uh, that will be coming out hopefully this year on cassette. It's already been mastered by Nathan Moody. And I have, I've actually been listening to it lately because it's, it's been a while and I'm like, man, he did a good job. So once again, that is Nathan Moody over at obsidiansound.net. 10% off your first mastering project. When you mention you hear about it, when you mention you heard about it here at PodMod, oh my God. <sighs> English, right? obsidiansound.net but yeah i feel like we're we're getting in the weeds with uh with gear talk and music talk but i want to know more about how you how you got started with with animals and synthesizers like Mm -hmm. like what 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 was the because i mean your account is huge that's great you have like that's it's it like you have a wide reach you have like hundreds of you know thousands of followers so like how does that happen how do you where does that start and how do you get to where you're at right now and what has it been like it seems like that must be kind of crazy yeah uh, yeah um actually it's been quite a while uh, you know facebook yeah. just brought up uh you know a memory that uh-huh. I-, I made the first animals and synthesizer video five years ago oh wow okay cool yeah so so it was you know it it's not like one day i posted a video and then i had like a right. thousand followers yeah so actually i yeah in i uh, it it all started it kind of started the by by mistake or i don't know by chance uh-huh. I, I saw this video by uh, by national geographic that looked really really uh out of outer worldly you know it looked like really weird and impossible mm-hmm. and then i was like and it, it had no sound the video had no sound and i was like no this video needs a sci-fi sound you know like a sound some sort of a sci-fi soundscape and then i i ripped that video and i scored it and i uploaded it to i posted it on my own instagram and facebook and 
I mean, yeah, and, and people liked it. Mm -hmm. So after a week, I or a week or two, I did it again with another video. And then uh, I did I did it for like four or five videos, something like that. And then I kind of stopped and I was like, one day I will make an account for <laughs> animal synthesizers. <laughs> so and then it took me more like uh, maybe another year to start. Oh, wow. Uh, to start uh, the account because I was, I don't know, I was, it, it seemed, yeah, I don't know. I, I was scared that I will start the account and I will post the videos and no one will watch it because mm -hmm. it's, the, you know, it's like not me and uh, I have friends who are liking stuff. But if, I don't know, I, I was like kind of uh, hesitant mm -hmm. if I really want to go that way. And well, it's a lot I, of work too, even though they're short videos, like it's to a, make yeah, them regularly and do it regularly that's a lot of work yes but actually yeah then about a year late, later i was kind of low on work so i, I mm -hmm. was like mostly unemployed and i was like okay now i'm gonna start <laughs> you had some time posting every week <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then then I, I started posting every week and uh, then people started noticing uh like uh, i don't know there is a, an instagram account called the uh, Pow Academy or Pow Wow, something like that. Mm -hmm. And they were, they are posting like reposting sound art stuff and they started mm -hmm. reposting all of my videos. And then I started getting like a uh, followers and I think it, it, yeah, it's kind of in the, like the algorithm, the Instagram algorithm was in my favor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got like a, <laughs> since then I, I, in the beginning I got like, I don't know, maybe a few hundred or a thousand followers each month for like mm -hmm. a few years and then slowly it's getting more mm -hmm. but yeah for four years if you divide it by how, how many months are in four years like uh yeah so it's a bit more than a thousand per month on average but it's yeah now it's a bit more yeah it's a little bit exponential mm -hmm. yeah i mean think once you once you it's see i mean i have way 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 less but i've noticed that there that there are certain there are certain benchmarks of number of followers where you hit this certain point and then you notice that you start getting more followers. Like it's like, oh, this, the amount of new followers I'm getting is increasing, but then that starts to slow down and then you hit this other benchmark and it starts to kind of shoot. So yeah, the, the, algorithm, is, the algorithm is very, very weird. Um, and I'm sure it's changing constantly too. Um, but yeah, like, well, also something I was thinking about is, especially if you started this five years ago, like, um, the right concept, the right person doing the concept at the right time on the right platform. Like it seems like all of those things all worked. Those stars all aligned, you know, this short form content where people are just scrolling through and, you know, these, these crazy video, these crazy looking or these animals doing crazy things or crazy looking animals with sounds that like really fit and, and help tell the visual story of this that are, you know, 30 seconds to a minute long. Like, it's yeah, even less sometimes even less yeah um i don't know i just think like i think a lot of people look at that kind of this kind of content or what's happening like to to quote unquote content um but i feel like as far as instagram and, and these social media platforms go there are people out there doing stuff that actually i think highlights 
all that's good about this way of digesting content or this 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 presentation of content and i think your your account is a perfect example of that you know like tiktok seems to be full of just people like lips lip syncing and dancing and people seem to really like that so i think that gives social media a really bad name but then I would love to show anybody who talks shit about, you know, digital content that's created just for Instagram. I would love to show them your account and be like, tell me this is bad. Like, try to tell me this is bad. This is inherently good stuff, you know? <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, Sorry. I, that was a little, my, it, my coffee just kicked in, I think. <laughs> it's cool. No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's, if there's, if there's one thing I can say about this project, it's that it's really perfect for Instagram. It really mm -hmm. works great in Instagram. It doesn't work that well on Facebook or on TikTok or on YouTube. I try. I try to upload it to all of these platforms, but it just mm -hmm. doesn't work there because it's isn't it crazy how yeah, how things don't cross over yeah. like that? I've it's noticed weird. that too. It's it's so weird how like you know again I'm on a smaller scale, but like the podcast thing, like I can't translate my podcast numbers to my music or my YouTube or my videos. But yes, it's just because they're different things. And yeah, it's it's just the way it kind of goes. And and yes. it's 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 amazing to see even the people who like have like the people who have these accounts or or like you and I like. We don't really have that. We don't we can't really control like we can't make. OK, we grew this here. Now I'm just going to go over here and grow it to the same level. Like you just you can't just do that. No, it's it's very fascinating and frustrating sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's really weird because I'm, you know, yeah. On TikTok, it's really annoying because I'm uploading my my videos to TikTok and I'm I'm getting like a, I, I, well, I'm not doing it as regularly as on Instagram, but I'm uploading them to TikTok and then I'm get I'm getting like ten views, you know, like twenty <laughs> views, fifty views, something like that, and then uh -huh. someone else rip my video and upload it to TikTok and he get like 1 million views. Right? This, this is really annoying. Like one time I got annoyed and I, I copyright strike him down. Uh -huh. uh, but but now I'm I'm like, okay, whatever, what can I do? I mean, yeah. so they are just a, but yeah, I don't know. But also I think it's because in TikTok people are, yeah, I guess that this is like on Instagram somehow, People are getting the idea that it's a it's a it's a it's a page. It has a, an identity. It has a theme, and they are following it, and they like the theme. Mm -hmm. And on TikTok, mm -hmm. I think people are are like, "Huh, this is a meme. It's cool." You know, they don't yeah, care that, yeah, that it's totally. like a part of a series, a part of a of a project or whatever. It's like, "Ah, this is a cool video with a dog with funny music." Huh? <laughs> What's yeah, next? Yeah. What's next on on my feed? <laughs> Yeah, I think that's right. It's funny. It's it's like Facebook is now for like our parents. Instagram, I feel like is for us, you know, like we're, you know, like, you know, mid, I think from like 30, 30 to 50, maybe that's the Instagram sweet spot now. And then ah, yeah? TikTok okay. is like for everybody, like super young. I don't know. But now I feel mm -hmm. like I just outed myself or dated myself and sounded really old. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that also when I was starting on Instagram, it was really like the the beginning of the Instagram synth era mm -hmm. that that everybody were starting to video to take videos of their synth and and put it on Instagram. It was like yes. a new genre. I, mm -hmm. I, I was I was not doing that, but I was, I think, a part of that community. Of
part of that hashtag or definitely whatever. yeah so, so i think five because i don't i don't remember when instagram started having videos but i remember that when i when i first uploaded to instagram it was still only mono and then mm -hmm. maybe like six <laughs> months later they they had like the stereo option uh, <laughs> Uh, so so it, it was like video and audio was new so I think before that musicians were you know they j were just posting pictures but it was not a creative medium for for musicians mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it was just starting back then to 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 be like really a, a place of community for synth enthusiasts mm -hmm. uh, yeah I, I agree yeah I think and I don't yeah. see the stuff on TikTok I, I don't see people mm -hmm. uploading like a uh, jams or you know like sessions right? yeah yeah i've uploaded i upload the same content that i put on instagram to TikTok. but like i'm only doing that because i feel like i should but i don't get any joy out of TikTok. i don't ever <laughs> use it um i'm just like well i guess i should put it's e it's very easy yeah, for me to just push a button same. and put it there so i'll just do it but yeah um yeah but yeah, the, the inst I like Instagram TikTok, has actually. been very I, good for the for the synth yeah. community, for sure. Mm -hmm. I like watching TikTok occasionally. Um, yeah, well, I'll get sucked in and then I'll new, ask myself, yeah, yeah. It's am like I new... enjoying this? Or <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's it's interesting. It's like another uh, completely uh, another genre. So yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you can really get some crazy shit happening there if you if you select the right things to to like if you start building your algorithm to the extent to which you can, you know, by like telling TikTok what you want to see more of, I think you can get in some pretty weird places. Um, so I'm curious also, like, obviously let's talk about this record, but before we get into the nuts and bolts of the record, I'm kind of curious, like, are you making music for yourself or are, are you make, like along, along this journey, are you, are you making these, short pieces are, are they actually full songs but you can only use a short piece or are you no. just making short snippets of music for this video no no i just make short snippets so uh, were you making longer form stuff in a different genre or anything on the side of that or were you kind of are you have you on been the side like, <laughs> what this is the on the side yes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know what is, what's on this side, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, for for the for the album, I I was making, I was trying to make like longer pieces of animals and synthesizers, which is like I don't know. I thought it's not going to be that difficult, but it's like um, uh, somehow it's like uh, exponentially more more work than just doing the 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 short version so because when because I, you have usually, to make changes and yeah like you know it's not it's not only that the bigger problem is that when i do the 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 score for the instagram videos then i get a i find a video it's almost always a one shot mm -hmm. because i want to really feel the movement of the animal itself not to have mm -hmm. like cuts or anything so i i almost also this is what works the best on instagram it's like it's too short to 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 be chopped so mm -hmm. i find like a, a one-shot video of an animal that i like or that I've, i i i can see something musical about it and then i score it and i really try and be with the the video so i have i get like 30 seconds 40 seconds of music maybe 15 maybe a minute as long as the as the video and uh, now if i try to make it longer then suddenly the logic 
that guided me throughout this first minute is gone. Now uh-huh, I, uh-huh. I'm not sure what's going to happen with the music. Is it going to, where, where is it going to go? Is it going to evolve? Is it going to some, some, like change? So I'm kind of confused. First of all, I'm confused about that. Like in, in, yeah, first I'm confused about that. Now with the album, I did want to have full, full length videos for all the tracks. So, but you cannot get like a one shot video of three minutes or of two minutes. It's too long. You, you like, you, you just can't find it. So I You'd have to go to, make it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, and you I can't go film it. octopus, you know, no, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a octopus filmer or yeah. <laughs> so I, I had to start editing videos like finding materials, which was really tough. It was really tough to find something that can really work for like three minutes and then edit it. And then I was in like this, it was really confusing because I was making the music and then I was editing according to the music. And then I was changing the music again, according to the video that I edited. And then I Mm -hmm. edited the video again. So it was kind of this back and forth uh, process, which took me so long to make. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm that happy about it. I mean, I'm not going to do that anymore. For, this is for sure. Next time I'm, I'm just going to try, if I want to make like a longer animals and insiders, I'm just going to try and make like a short version that goes with the video and then a longer version version that doesn't go with the video because okay. doing this back and forth, it was like, it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I thought that I'm going to do it. Like I thought, yeah, I have all of these. I mean, it's taking me very fast to to make like these short ones. So I thought, okay, so making long ones will take, you know, I don't know if if I can make a half a minute in a, in a, every week, then probably I can make like, you know, if you add it up, I can make an album in six months, but then it took me three years. Well, um, I'll give you some unsol. Here, here's an unsolicited opinion, uh, or uh, um, not opinion, um, idea about a way to approach it or think about it. And I feel like a jerk, but I feel like it's just stuck in my head, so I have to bring it out. Is I think about like uh, Flying Lotus. Do you know Flying Lotus? Mm-hmm, the um, his album Co- Cosmogramma. Like every mm-hmm. one of those songs is like a minute and a half long. But it, it's they all just kind of flow together, so they're these really short, weird songs, and then you don't know the track is switched because well, you mm-hmm. you kind of do, but I don't know. It's you could also just make like a thirty-track album. Where yes, but that, that's also hard to yes, I mean maybe, but that's also hard to have like these tracks fit because usually they are so that's different true. because yeah, that's a really good each point. of them is, is related with a different video that looks different and yeah. this should sound different. So that's, that was another problem that I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why the album is about a, a sea, a, like ocean animals. Cause I thought, okay, I yeah, I was going to ask. A, yeah. I need some like a sort theme. of a, a theme. Exactly. Cause, yeah. cause all the, all the videos are so different and the soundtracks are so, are kind of different. I mean, it's not so different. It's kind of in the same genre, but still there is a little bit of a, of an eclectic, uh, vibe to it. Yeah. Also, I, I like it. I like it that they are different, but mm-hmm. then when you try and make an album out of it, so I was, I was thinking, how can I make it, uh, somehow, um, one thing. So I mm-hmm. thought maybe, maybe I will, I will focus on creatures of the sea and then you get like immediately this kind of, a a special feeling or mm-hmm. special atmosphere that already yeah. give, puts you in some sort of a mood and then it kind of ties together a little bit. 
Yeah, because if you don't, it's just a compilation album, and it's not an album, and that doesn't feel as special to me. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe, maybe the if I'll do another one, then maybe the next one will be more of a compilation. You know, I'll just do all the. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not. Well, yeah. Let's. You just did it for three years, and this one's not even (laughs) out yet. Like no. No, maybe I'll wait a second and, and see. But but while I was to still making it after three years, and I was like, no, next time I'm just gonna take the songs that are like seems like I can just turn them into two three minutes and or or a minute and a half, and they mm-hmm. are working, and I'm just gonna make them into full songs and make kind of a compilation album, you know, like the best of animals and synthesizers. Yeah. So. <laughs> You know what I always start playing. You know, you know those like uh, those like greatest hits albums that all have the same color. Um, There are they all have like the same cover. I'm I'm trying to think of a good example here. Queen. Well, there's like a a record company. uh, I'm gonna try to find it really quick on and show you because I think I I would love to do something like this. There's like. um, They have the same font and the same banner, and they'll use like a little picture, but there's like. You know, there's always these these greatest hit series. I can't find mm. a picture of one that have the same exact, like this one, like the the twentieth 20th, 20th century's masters. How it has mm. at the top there. This I like there's a million a- albums that have the twentieth century's masters, mm. the best of. I would love to do an album of my music and, and make it look like one of those best of, but it's not cool. best of anything. It's all just new songs that no one's ever heard before, but sorry, that was a long ways for a joke that just wasn't that funny. Mm, no, um, it's, it's cool. <laughs> I think, I think you should do that. Definitely. <laughs> um, well, we're, we're getting close to an hour. Actually. Yeah. We're, we're breaking an hour, but I have a few more questions if you have a little more time. Yeah, um, sure. You can edit the boring part, I'm sure. I'm, yeah, sure I'm probably going to edit my bad jokes out. Um, uh, <laughs> I think the joke was okay. It was a reasonable, um, reasonable joke. <laughs> um, so you're, you know, you're, you're ripping the videos from like, you know, you got it from like National Geographic. Are you now to a point where people are like trying to send you video that they shot themselves? Or do you have, do you work with anybody who shoots video or do you, do you find um, just kind of, uh, do you go on like Pond5 type websites and get like license free stuff or pay for a license for a video or how does that work? Uh, yeah, so in the beginning, I was just a, a pirate, you know, I was just reading <laughs> whatever I, I found. And Instagram is a very pirate friendly platform, actually. Yeah, they, they, because they, because they maybe they will change it now. But it used to be that you cannot share another video. So you're the only way that you could share a video and which was what everybody were doing was to regram it to, mm-hmm. to post it again. And then I was like, Okay, I'm just posting it again and adding sound. Why should why would someone mind? Yeah. Uh, so that was my philosophy. Uh, but after a while, I started asking for permission. So uh, usually I because yeah, usually I take videos from people who are like, I don't know, independent photographers or filmmakers. And then I just write them on Instagram, like, can I use your video? And mm-hmm. most people say yes. Uh, so you know, as long because because it's it's this is what you do on Instagram, right? You repost it and you give credit. This is considered like an uh, uh, okay thing, definitely. If you ask before, and mm-hmm. some people are even excited about the fact that I'm adding a, a soundtrack. So uh, so 
recently I would say that most videos if I found if I find who make them because sometimes you know stuff are just lost on the internet and you cannot mm -hmm. find the source it's like lost in the, on the internet so yeah. if I found who made it so so I, I ask and uh, I get permission and I try I, I tried using a, a pond five and these sort of services for the album when I was really looking for materials and it doesn't look good really everything there is like uh it, it looks like stock footage and yeah you really yeah you really cannot relate to that it's really like a not not good enough mm -hmm. yeah that's more for like insurance commercials and stuff yeah this is, yeah yeah i was really <laughs> i was trying but it's just nothing there really looks good and and uh what was your your uh yeah it was just, like maybe if you had any like um have you have ah, you if, formed if any relationships me, yes yeah. first of all yeah i mean some people are sending me videos which is really nice of mm -hmm. course uh i mean not always they are good sometimes you know people are i don't know just videoing stuff that are not that that interesting and sending mm -hmm. me because usually i mean i i i a lot of the process is choosing the right video that i have something interesting I, to do yeah. because I, it's not like any video, to, any animal video that you will give me, I will have something to do. It's, right. I, I would yeah. say like one out of probably 500 videos that I see, I, 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 I pick. So mm -hmm. uh, that was a weird formation of a sentence, but okay. So, <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. Uh, you're, you're hanging out with the king of weird form, weirdly formed sentences. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, and about uh, if I made relationships, yes, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I talked with some, I mean, it's not like I'm buddies with anyone, but I have like a, a relationship with people that I've scored their videos and they say, ah, this is really nice. And I did mm -hmm. like a, I don't know, like a, po like double, uh, how do you call it? Like double sourced posting, you know, like mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. coming from two places. So yeah, and they, yeah. So yeah, it's happening. I, I hope that the... Uh, yeah, there are some people who are really good photographers and I'm hoping to have like to, to do more stuff with them in the future. Maybe that is out of outside of Instagram. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I was. I was wondering if you if you had any plans uh, with any collaborators to work on something that, that, yeah, outside of Instagram, something a little more long form or anything like that. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, you're talking in like in I'm I am working on long form stuff all the time but mm -hmm. not in relation with animals. I hope that okay. I would also do like some, I would love to do a nature documentary or something like that. But then of course music, I mean, we are in this project, music is in the foreground, is in the foreground, right? Mm -hmm. And if you do a nature documentary, then music should be yeah. much more in the background. But also, I mean, that's also fun. And uh, the, I mean, yeah, I, I, I love uh, scoring stuff in general mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Thank you so much. I feel like I could just keep talking. This this really flew by. Um, so thank you for your time. Yes. Um, where you can too. people find the album and when does it come out? Okay. So uh, the album is... Uh, I'm now releasing it in parts. So every week I'm posting uh, one video out of the album on Instagram mm -hmm. and on YouTube. And... Uh, by July 1st, it's supposed to be uh, out. So all, all of the tracks will be out. And uh, yeah, and on Instagram, actually, I'm putting just short tracks, just a minute, but the, long, the full tracks are on YouTube and on Spotify and on 
you know, all the streaming platforms on Bandcamp. And mm -hmm. I'm also crowdfunding uh, Vinyl. Uh, oh, very is cool. The, yeah, it's like, a, this of course will not be a visual, just audio, mm -hmm. but uh, it's a nice looking vinyl. It's it's a green, like greenish, mm -hmm. uh, ocean green. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, I saw a picture uh, of it. I was like, oh, that looks really, really nice. Yeah, so already the, like the, the crowdfunding has already reached like its minimum goal. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Are you so doing the, the, the Bandcamp one where you just say you sell them through Bandcamp and once you reach a number, is are you using there? It, no, I'm using a, like a, another service that does the same thing. It's called Q Rates. Okay. What's so it called? Q Rates. It's like okay. Q and Rates. Uh -huh. Okay, and, cool. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit more flexible than Bandcamp, so I, I, I used it. And they have like a, it's a, it works a bit different, but they have like a minimum amount of, uh, of prints that they are doing, which is like a hundred. Mm -hmm. So already there are more than 100 reservations. So it's okay, going to be cool. printed for sure. And right now uh, it's, I mean, it's just going to print as many as people are interested. Oh, very so, cool. Nice. Yes. Yeah, this is a uh, nice bit. Then it, uh, and then they they send it to everyone, so I don't have to send it, and then mm -hmm. they uh, and I don't have to you know like print extra, and I don't know, I, I don't have to guess how many people want it. If someone yeah. wants it, they should just order it now. So this is like the the ad part. If you want it, <laughs> you should order. Yeah, it and now. I'll throw links in the show description and everything. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Oh yeah, you had a patch challenge. Uh, what were the words I gave you again? I forgot. Oh my God. I was wondering, by the way, I was wondering if you chose it especially for me or if you just had a list and this was like next on the list or something. I'll tell you the story about that. Usually I just, um, usually I just randomly generate words off of this, this generator, but I was at my uh, friend's 30th birthday party and I was like, I told him, that I was going to talk to you and I told them what you did. And I was like, I want you to think of words. Um, and everything I was like, you can think of whatever you, you want. And then he said something like lovely food or something. I was like, no, you, you, that can't be it. And then he did like three. And then I think by the end of the night, uh, I think I might've just made one up. <laughs> like, I think I might've just, asked. but I wanted him to think of something for you. But then I realized that, I was like, oh shit, I haven't responded to this email. So I think I, I then I just randomly generated one. So, ah, so eventually yeah. you did randomly generated one. Uh, yeah, I tried to get you one just for you, but I also kind of wanted to get you outside of animals too. I thought maybe it'd be yeah. too on the nose if I gave you something that was uh -huh. had to yeah, do with animals. This, yeah. Okay. So, uh, but uh, anyway, I, I was wondering if this was like if you were trying to to get me to do something else because i i had like the, i have like a nice patch that i'm working on mm -hmm. that was my original plan was to do something with that patch you know like do like a nice to produce like something nice from that patch mm -hmm. but then you you gave me like this uh, can i say what what it was yeah yeah as you gave me this dangerous mathematics and i was like uh -huh. dangerous <laughs> mathematics this has nothing to do with the budget i have i have to start from scratch so i and i was like okay this is so not animals and synthesizers you are really forcing me to nerd out here completely and and uh, you know like do something which is like the, the farthest of of what i'm doing so i was like okay okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go into dangerous mathematics or whatever and uh, oh, that's yeah, so cool i i hope it's a i, I hope uh, people like it oh it's great i i listened I, I was listening to it before uh before we started chatting this morning and it's um 
it I, it's almost kind of like gives you that feeling of like a shepherd's tone like some of it is mm. kind of like there's kind of these like moments of like this kind of like foreboding sound i don't know it it, it sounded I, I really dig it um and i was Did curious what dangerous? you used for it yeah it does it does totally <laughs> okay. yeah um okay what what were you what how did what was some of the stuff you used it was all in super collider okay okay you know super collider i've heard of it but i've never used it it's it's kind of like max but it's it's a, in text mode it's a text it's a programming language for okay. sounds for sound synthesis for synthesis okay and, uh, so it's uh, i may i it's all there and it's all based on chaotic functions oh okay well that makes sense which, then which that also never, fits yeah i never used i never used chaotic functions but i was like dangerous what is the most dangerous mathematics and i was like <laughs> okay chaotic functions some people are get, go crazy because they do too much of chaotic functions you know people are like there has been stories of people going into chaotic functions and not coming back so <laughs> Well, so, that like, that is that is like the definition of dangerous mathematics, then, right? Yes, yes. So everything is based on on the chaotic functions, <laughs> like Very one cool. chaotic function. Well, I I love I, this actually. This so this is a new thing I'm trying because I usually give people the patch challenge on the show and then they leave and make it and then send it later, but I want to actually talk with people about their approach to making it after I can listen to it and. Um, I'm glad that I did that first with you because this is exactly how I wanted this to go. Like you told me your mindset and what you were thinking about and then what you used. And I think that's just such an interesting thing to talk about, especially if it's based off of words, because this doesn't really sound like your typical music that you hear on your page or, or like it's, the album that's coming out. Definitely not. I mean, um, I was, yeah. I was studying electronic music in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. And this is where I studied like Max and Super Collider and all of this like hardcore synthesis. And there are, back then I was making like more experimental stuff. So it's not completely foreign to me, mm -hmm. but I kind, I kind of moved back to like safety, back to harmony. And, <laughs> uh, uh -huh. uh, and uh, so it was interesting, but this, yeah, I felt so nerdy, like doing like chaotic functions. <laughs> <laughs> dangerous mathematics and yeah but i was trying to 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 make it a yeah i was trying to 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 do it like the uh, properly i yeah I'm like i the, love that yeah that well i mean i think that's I'm kind like of the a, point of the challenge like, right yeah i'm like uh i like to to how do you cooperate i'm a cooperative guy i like yeah to, yeah <laughs> 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 you like to play ball, as we'd say over here. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, easy. you yeah. tell me to do that, and then uh, this is what I do. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's it's interesting. Um, I think it's interesting for everybody in the process as an artist. Okay, well, now I have to think about this. Okay, well, in your in your case, okay, this isn't what this makes me think of, or what I think this should sound like. Doesn't sound like stuff that I usually make. I think that is inherently interesting for the artist, and then the people listening to this talk and then who know your 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 uh your profile and and your your music now they get to hear you do something totally different and i think that's i think that's kind of exciting so again this is like the perfect the perfect test trial of this new way of doing the patch challenge it went it went great so thank you so much for that okay great so thank you for the uh, exercise
Yeah, for yeah, it's a good exercise. Thank you for the challenge. Yeah, it's it's interesting and it's nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we did it. Is there anything that uh, that we haven't covered or that you want to scream from the modular mountaintops before we sign off? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. Likewise. Thanks yeah. Who, I hope it was interesting for people who are listening. Definitely. It definitely was. Like I said, if it went by really fast for me, that always means it's a good one. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, let's check out Dangerous Mathematics from Tomer Baruch.
All right, that's our show. Thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. Thank you to Tomer for coming on to the show and sharing his story with us. Don't forget to check out his new album. Link in the show description. Don't forget about Velocity. I mean, check out VelocitySeattle.com. Come out and see all these amazing performances, including a live pod mod with Richard Devine, Daedalus, and Lisa Belladonna. I am so, so excited for that. Um, thank you to Patchworks. Visit them at P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. That's Patchworks.com. Also, thank you to ObsidianSound.net, Nathan Moody's mastering service. If you need your project mastered, you can get 10% off of your first project with Obsidian Sound by mentioning you heard about it here on PodMod. And thank you to Afterlater Audio as well for your continued support. And thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. And speaking of which, head over to Patreon because there's going to be a little bonus episode there uh, of me and Tomer. Well, Tomer really breaking down his patch and it's, it's, it's maybe the most in-depth somebody's ever like taken the prompt um, and I'm just so stoked for that. It was he, he was the perfect person to give dangerous mathematics to. So we're going to really dive into that. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say besides thanks. The, uh, the PodMod and Friends album has sold out. And we have donated our money to Mary's Place. $1,000. We were able to donate $1,000 to help women children and families find their way out of homelessness here in the Pacific Northwest. So thank you. You did that. Um, This week's secret word, praying mantis. Until next week.